Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're glad to have you with us here today in the House of Faith. Hey, amazing things are happening right now at Pearsons Ministries International as we gear up for the launch of Legacy Church right here at Green Mountain Falls, Colorado. We're so excited about it. As a matter of fact, let me put this on the bottom of the screen right now. You can see how much progress we've made in our buy up and build out project. That's for this facility that we're in, this 30,000 square foot facility. And we have by faith laid claim to $100 a square foot, believing that enables us to get this whole thing paid for, build out the church in a place where we can start having people come in. Look at this progress. This is amazing. And, and what you're seeing right now is just where we are as of this recording. Take a minute sometime today or soon and go to legacychurch.family online and look at our most up-to-date progress and you will see that every day, every day, every day we're making progress and the people of this church, even though we haven't even started Sunday morning services yet, we've been gathering together on Sunday evenings every couple of weeks and having our family nights and it's growing, people are coming, people are giving, this local church family is, the, the Lord's raising us up. And this local church has a global call, and you are a part of that global calling. What's happening right now through Legacy Television is going out to places all over the world. So when you sow into this, at the leadership of the Holy Spirit, the Lord wants you to be a part of it. You want to be a part of this buy up and build out project. What you're doing is building a platform from which you and I together reach the nations. This is how we serve our generation with the Word of God. This is how we teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace. This is how we teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity and how to raise their family in the house of faith. So be a part of this with us if the Lord wants you to be. Uh, you can pray with us. You can sow into it. Come visit us, man. It's beautiful here. We would love to show you around, especially once this church gets really up and rolling. We're having Sunday morning services. We want you to come take a look for yourself, especially if you're a partner with us in this ministry. Come look at what the Lord has done through you through your faith, and through your giving. So if you'd like to give and be a part of it today, you can give online at LegacyChurch.Family or PearsonsMinistries.com. You can text LTV and any dollar amount to the number 28950. That's going to go right into this project. If you'd like to write a check, you can write it to Pearsons Ministries International or PMI. If you want it to go into this project, make sure you mark that on your check. Our accounting department can handle that. Make sure it goes right into this buy up and build out project. So if you're writing a check, use that address you see on your screen. Father, we thank you today for the giving of the people, for the partners of this ministry. We call them blessed, increased, and multiplied in Jesus' name. Thank you for adding people to us from all over the world. To, to strengthen us and those that we can pour your word into to bring life and strength and help to them as well. As we come before your word today, we ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand. Jesus, we want to hear from you by your Holy Spirit and from your word. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been with us over the last several weeks of broadcast, we've been in a series here on Legacy TV that we're also in, in Legacy Church right now as we get together in these family nights. And this is what the Lord began dealing with us about at the onset of this year, 2020. He talked to us about living as free people. And it came to me as a surprise. I wasn't really thinking down that line. I thought it's first of the year. Let's talk vision. Let's talk goals. And that's all good to do. But as a minister, I've got nothing to say if he didn't give it to me. 
And what I believe the Lord was leading us in was looking into His Word and finding out the freedom that we have in Jesus. And I think one of the things I'm beginning to see in this is we think that we're living in a level of freedom that we're not actually experiencing yet. Jesus said some things to some people about that in His Word, John chapter 8. We'll take time to turn there, but He talked to them about continuing in His Word. He said, if you continue my Word, you'll be my disciple. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. And the religious people who heard Him say that said, hey, we're descendants of Abraham, man. We're not in bondage to anyone. What do you mean make us free? We are free. You and I both know what Jesus knew and that that was they were anything but free. They thought they lived in freedom just because of where they came from. I bet you most Americans would say the same thing. Hey, I'm free. I'm, I'm, I'm in America. I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm free. You can't tell me I'm not free. You could be born in the freest country in the world. But if you don't know Jesus, you are in prison on the inside. But thank God through Him, our freedom's been purchased by His blood. I believe it's the book of Ephesians that says it's His blood that purchased our freedom. And that's why we've been looking here in Galatians chapter 5 at verse 1 that says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty, that's freedom, by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. You need to say it out loud, I am free. God made me free. And that's His intent for your life. People talk about God's plan for your life. What's your calling? What's the plan that God has for you? This is it right here. God has called you to liberty. That's what this same chapter in the book of Galatians goes on to say in verse, thir verse 13. You brethren have been called to liberty. You want to know what God's plan for you is? Freedom. He's given you freedom. Created you to live as a free person. And last week on the broadcast, we sort of moved into another phase of this, talking about those things that Jesus has freed us from. Because if you want to walk in freedom, you're going to have to find out what you're freed from. If you don't know what Jesus has freed you from, you are destined to end up right back in that same prison. Find out what He's freed you from. And like we talked on last week's broadcast, Jesus has freed us from sin. We are free, and we are dead to sin. We are dead to it. In other words, it doesn't have dominion over us anymore. You are a dead man walking because of what Jesus did. You are dead to that sin. And I, I didn't get to this in uh, last week's broadcast, but I need to get to it right now. We're here in the book of Galatians. Just turn back a page or so to chapter 2. And Paul said this in verse 20. You've heard it before. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. What's he saying? I'm a dead man. I am a dead man because I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You can almost sometimes hear the frustration that Paul has with, with trying to explain to people what has happened in them through Jesus. He's like, look, through Jesus, I'm dead, man. I am crucified. But then he says, yet I live. 
but yet it's not me who's living, it's Christ in me. You can almost hear this back and forth. I'm trying to explain to you what's going on. I'm dead, but I'm alive, but I'm also dead, but Jesus is alive. You know, he's just trying to get it across. And that's why those words, yet not I, are so powerful. I died, but I'm living, yet it's not me who's living. It's Christ in me who's alive. And this revelation right here, there's so much freedom in this. Find out what you're dead to and find out what you're alive to. I am dead to sin, but I'm alive to righteousness. I'm not a slave to sin. I'm alive unto God and He's alive in me. What have you been freed from? You are free from sin. But I want to take some of these things in order. Because if you stop and think about it, realizing that you're free from the prison of sin, if you take another step, then you realize, I'm free from the penalty of sin. If He's freed me from sin, then I don't have to live anymore with the fear of death that came with sin. Now, no, don't misunderstand me. Sin has consequence. Actions that don't line up with God's plan, God's word, or His will, they have consequence. But let me show you what I'm talking about. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, you find Hebrews chapter 2, and while you're looking for that, let me read to you from the book of Psalm, chapter 34. And we'll put this on the screen for you as well. But in Psalm 34, it says in verse 1, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. I like verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Do you realize that's what we're doing right now? Just by you simply taking time to give your attention and your affection to the Word of God, you are magnifying Him. And you and I together are exalting Him. But listen to verse 4. He said, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me, listen to this statement, from all my fears. I sought the Lord and He heard me. He delivered me from all my fear. What else have you been freed from? You have been freed from the prison of fear. Now look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. I know I'm giving you a lot of word on these broadcasts, but it's the, the Word of God is so full of this promise of freedom that we have in Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death, talking about Jesus' death, he might destroy him who had, oh, I like that word, had, H-A-D, in other words, does not have anymore, him who had, what, the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus, through his death, you know what he did? He destroyed him who had the power of death. The Bible tells us that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was anointed in his life, in his ministry, and through his death 
to destroy him who had the power of death. I, I quoted that to you, but you need to see it. Acts chapter 10. I don't want to get this wrong. You need to set your eyes on it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. All who were oppressed, that's bondage. That's imprisonment. And the anointing was on Jesus to undo all of that, to destroy that, to release the people who were oppressed by the devil. So Hebrews 2, what did he say? Verse 14, that through his death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. But listen to verse 15. This is also what Jesus did through his death. And to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What Jesus did in his death was not only to destroy the works of the devil and to destroy him who had the power of death, it was also to release us who were all our lifetimes. We lived in fear of death and were all our lifetimes subject to bondage. Fear is a prison. And what Jesus did in and through his death and his resurrection was to release you and release me from that fear. We don't have to be afraid anymore because Jesus has released us from this prison of fear. Maybe you've heard me tell the story before, but a year or two ago, Sarah and I and the kids were on a road trip driving out of Texas. We were somewhere in Oklahoma and uh, I noticed a big sign on the side of the road, big yellow sign with black block lettering. And this is what the sign said. Hitchhikers may be escaping inmates. But I thought was kind of a random sign. Hitchhikers may be escaping inmates. Well, a, I appreciate the information. It makes you think twice about picking somebody up on the side of the road. But it all made sense. About a quarter mile later, when on the other side of the road, I look and there's this massive prison this huge correctional facility. And you can picture it, man. I mean, what do you think of when you think of that? You think of high walls and fences that stretch way up high with razor wire all the way around it. There's a massive property. And I found out later that this particular prison was home to more than 2,000 inmates. And that's what that sign was all about. Hey, think twice before you pick somebody up because they may be trying to escape this place. And you know, that really stuck with me. And I think the Lord used that brief illustration there on the side of the road to begin to minister to me. And he took me right here to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and started talking to me about us, people who, who were through the fear of death all their lifetime subject to bondage. You got to understand that until Jesus, the only law that was in the world was the law of sin and death. In other words, you sin you die. But it wasn't just like you commit a sin and all of a sudden you drop dead. You know that. See, people understood, and this is what we've got to understand, is that death is more than just your heart quitting. It's more than just the cessation of a heartbeat. No, death gets into people's life long before that ever happens. Death is separation. You think about it in terms of a branch on a vine, 
like Jesus talked about. He said, that branch has got to stay connected to that vine. If it's ever going to produce any fruit and if life is ever going to continue to flow through it, then it's going to have to, the word he used was abide. We might say stay. It's got to stay connected because the moment there's any distance between branch and vine, then you've cut off all the life that flows up out of that vine to that branch. Distance is death. And so people, until Jesus, lived with that fear hanging over their heads all the time. Now, you could do a quick internet search and search all the phobias. How many fears are, are there out there in the world? And the, num- the number is it's infinite because anything can be a source of fear. And there is a phobia for just about everything. There's a, people who are afraid of dogs, people who are afraid of cats, people who are afraid of narrow spaces, people who are afraid of wide open spaces, people who are afraid of water, people who are afraid of dark, people who are afraid of light. I mean, there's a fear for everything, but it's all rooted in this master fear of death. People aren't afraid to fly. They're afraid of crashing and dying. People aren't afraid to drive. They're afraid of getting into an accident and dying. It's rooted in this master fear of death. And what people understood, especially these people, these Hebrew people that we're we're reading out of this book called Hebrews, they understood something about this. They understood that, man, when you sin, what that sin does is creates distance between you and God. They understood that. And so when they saw that sacrifice and that priest lay his hand on that animal sacrifice, be it a lamb or a bull or a goat, they recognized, hey, this is just a picture. This is just a demonstration of what's actually happened. When he put his hand on that animal, it was the impartation of all that sin onto that animal. And when that animal died and blood was shed, they understood that that makes an atonement for our sin, or in other words, we're good for now. Everything's okay right now. But it wasn't just about the killing of an animal. It was also in their hearts and their minds, it was, it was the killing of the distance between them and God. In other words, that blood of that animal brought them and God back together again. It killed the distance between them. When that animal died, so died the distance. Except they would leave that place with no power to live free of sin. It took Jesus and His sacrifice to totally liberate us from that prison. So when those people turned around and they sinned again, oh, now there's distance once again. And because of that distance, they knew this, distance is death. Just like distance is death for that branch to that vine. You separate that branch from that vine, it's dead. Well, the same thing's true with God. You disconnect from Him. He is your flow of life. He is your source of life. And when you put distance between you and Him, then there's death. And these people lived with that constant fear of death. But Jesus... Was the, was the sacrifice once and for all that forever put to death the distance between God and man. 
And when he, when he eliminated all that distance between us, when he tore down the middle wall of separation, when he came and he preached peace to them that were far off, and he preached peace to them that were near, and through his blood he enabled us to do what? Draw near. What that was intended to do was to free you from all fear. I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. That tells me that, that there's not just one fear, that they're rooted in one fear, but it gives life to all these other fears. But if you will seek the Lord, He will hear you and He will deliver you out of all of them. If you're a born-again believer, you have no business living one day of your life in any degree of fear. I don't care if it's a little, a, a, a little bit of trepidation about something or if it's a full-blown, full-on panic attack. You don't have any business living in that. Why? Because fear is a prison. It's like I've told you before, like driving past that prison on the side of the road, those walls and those fences exist to say one thing to the people living within them. You may go no further than this. Your freedom is limited and you are stuck behind here. That's what fear is trying to say to you. God's got a call for, on your life. He's got an assignment for you, got a job for you to do. I guarantee you this, whatever it is, it's going to take faith to do it. It will at some point require you to step out over onto what looks like nothing, but it's the Word of God. And you step over onto His Word and let His Word be foundation beneath your feet. Well, that takes faith. And it's not just 2,000 people. It's not just 20,000 people. It's millions upon millions upon millions of people right now living on planet Earth that are locked up in the prison of fear and won't step out in faith, won't obey the command of the Lord, won't yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because they can't see it turning out right or they can't see it working in their favor. That's fear. Fear that's got them stuck in that place. And Jesus, through His death, glory to God, destroyed him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and released those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Don't spend another minute of your life in fear. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You need to understand something from that scripture. Fear is not a feeling. It's a spirit. And you have to deal with it in the spirit. Don't try to cope with it mentally. Don't try to cope with it or manage it naturally. It's a spirit and it requires you to deal with it in the spirit. How do you deal with it in the spirit? You go to the word. You put his words in your mouth and you declare your freedom from fear. Regardless of what your body's telling you, if your knees are knocking together, if you got cold sweat running down your back, you say it out loud, I refuse to fear because I'm free from it.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit PearsonsMinistries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. Thank you.